Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure to click the subscribe button, turn on notifications, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any particular topics or guests you want us to cover, we're always checking messages and comments on there and love to be able to incorporate what you guys suggest into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Kenny from Gator Fasteners, and I wanted to do a follow-up with him from our podcast a few months back where we're talking about head studs, when we need them, different types that are out there, um, best way to install them, torque specifications. There were some questions we had gotten from you guys as far as comparing them to others on the market, um, the type of materials, the metallurgy in them, and just talk about diesel performance in general and how head studs and fasteners fit into it. So it's going to be a great conversation. Before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to uh, Kershaw Knives. They've got a 20% off site-wide discount code for you. So if you're in the market for a knife, it's a great way to be able to save some money, get some cool gear, whether you need it for EDC or hunting, fishing, something for the outdoors, around the job site, something to throw in a toolbox. They've got something for for really any budget. And if you're a knife enthusiast, they got a ton of choices as well with different opening mechanisms, blade steels, handle materials. So we appreciate them offering this discount code just for you guys, for Diesel Podcast listeners to save 20%. So definitely head on over, check them out if you're in the market. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Kenny from Gator Fasteners and talking about head studs, performance, when we need them, and answering your questions. Kenny, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. Looking forward to chatting with you today. Awesome. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, enjoy it and uh, glad to get out here with uh, in front of the people that all listen to the podcast. Yeah, I had a, I had a blast on our last one, which if anyone um, missed it when we did it late last year, it was really great chat, learning more about Gator Fasteners and really the application of head studs, which is kind of one of those things if we're going to start to modify our trucks to a, you know, past a certain point where you know, we know, hey, we got to do them, but we may not know um, all the ins and outs of it. So I definitely check that out if uh, any listeners missed it. But today I have a bunch of questions that people had asked us from your previous episode. So I wanted to jump into that and also talk about kind of some uh, some build recipes for different trucks. We get those a lot. I thought you'd be a great guy to ask. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, be glad to help out in any way we can. And this, this first question that we got, it's pretty general, but I think that's good because it's going to apply to anybody listening, regardless of whether they have a Cummins, Duramax, or Power Stroke. But they said, at what point do I need head studs? And I wanted you to help walk us through when do we need to do them? When should we think about that, adding it to our, our budget and, and planning on doing them? Yeah, well, obviously, if at any point the head is coming off the engine, if they're in there because they had a head gasket issue or whatever, and the head comes off, immediately you have to go back with studs it'd be crazy to go back with bolts if you're already doing the labor side of it price difference isn't that much more just to add the nice warm and fuzzy feeling inside knowing it's a studded engine yeah on the other side most people want to know power wise and some of that does vary by the engine some engines like the six seater are known for head gas gasket issue just because the lack of uh, enough studs on that engine or the six four to really hold that head down properly or the, the bolts, there's not enough head bolts on there. And the studs will help uh, having that additional clamping force in there. So even stock engines, especially if they're doing towing and stuff, it's very beneficial. 
Um, I we even had a lot of customers with completely stock trucks. They don't have any extra performance tuning, but they're like, look, I just want to make sure my truck's never going to have issues. It's definitely worth the investment. Uh, but I would say, especially guys that are doing towing, they're going to be they're using their truck like the truck was designed to be used. It's definitely worth the investment to do it ahead of time because I can tell you, being able to plan that install versus being broke down on the side of the road with a trailer, a load of cows or buggies or whatever on the back of it, and you're 100 miles away from home, you would have wished that you would have planned that install three months sooner and that just got it taken care of and never had to worry about it. That's a really good point because I think sometimes we can think of head studs as something we do when we're doing turbo injectors, we just put a built transmission in it, but that's not the majority of, of diesel truck owners are mostly working these trucks hard, um, you know, using them either for work or towing something in the maintenance or preventative maintenance side, I think is a really key point because you mentioned it's totally different when you're thinking about you're planning out doing them versus having to do them. Yeah, and there's a lot of loaded different things too. People look at because we get a lot of people that ask like, well, how much power can my engine handle or transmission can handle and this and that. And there's a lot of dynamics on the driver and the way the trucks use. I mean, I can take a guy that has, I mean, 800, 900,000 horsepower with a nearly stock transmission and never have an issue. And that goes for head studs or anything else uh, because of the way he drives it. However, I can take a different guy with a completely stock engine and he's going to blow it up. I mean, so there's definitely a lot of dynamics on the way the person drives a truck and how well they actually uh, use it and uh, put it to work. On that preventative maintenance side, do you get questions from people more from a couple different type of engine styles? Like I do think of six liters, I think a six, seven Cummins as well, um, that they don't need to have a whole lot done to them and they can have an issue you know, with the, the heads lifting or head gasket issues and, and doing that repair. So is it more common on some engines than others? Yeah, obviously the six liter and six four are famous for head gasket and needing studs. But I will tell you the uh, the later five nine and those six seven Cummins engines, we saw a lot of fasteners into that product line because they're replacing head gaskets as well. They're not as famous as the six liter, uh, but there's still a lot of guys that find out they're stretching those factory head bolts. What about the Duramax? And I'm, I'm sure it's going to vary a bit between you know, all the way from yeah. LV seven to L five P. But but what do those guys need to keep an eye out for? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty similar as far as the way they're using that truck. We do move a lot of Duramax uh, head studs as well. The L5P, we're starting to see an increase on those uh, those studs starting to move. Um, the nice thing is, is everything before the L5P, it's one part number for all of them. It's kind of hard for us to determine which platforms move most of them because it's the same part number. Uh, but it's the same thing, the way they're using those trucks. And, and man, if the truck's already in the shop and you can plan that install to buy you that extra insurance and know it's going to hold together it's worth the investment for sure one of the really interesting things to follow with performance is how you, know, you guys are making fasteners and getting these out to customers and shops but then on the other side you know you have something like hp tuners offering something for the l5p and these new power packages people are developing for a cummins or the 674 or the l5p and how another side of the industry is going to affect the type of questions you're going to get and the people who need head studs for you on these newer trucks. 
Yeah, definitely, especially when it comes to tuning and stuff, because changing injection timing and stuff like that can uh, really change uh, combustion pressure and stuff like that. It's going to affect the need for head studs, even though it might not be a high horsepower tune or whatever. Uh, but if it, you start changing uh, combustion pressures and things like that, it'll affect the uh, the extra uh, load being put on those head gaskets and those head bolts holding them down. There was a, another listener that messaged, and I thought this would fit in real well talking about applications for head studs. Um, but he asked if there's a specific type of assembly lube that's needed with them. If Does it come with it? Um, is it something they need to source separately? What do they do when they're torquing these down? Yeah, so right now with all of our head stud kits, uh, we are supplying amples of uh, AMSOIL assembly lube in there. So we were really happy with that particular product that we're currently uh, been supplying. So all head stud kits will come with a. There's enough assembly lube in that too to probably rebuild the entire engine. So you could use it for everything, uh, which is nice because I don't believe in cutting people short where there's just a little packet and you've got barely enough and you got to make it work. I want to make sure there when it comes to assembly lube that you're able to use as much as you want. Uh, we are currently uh, have also been in the works for the last year or so working with Hotshot Secret. Um, and there is a product that we're working with them on to also be offering that into our packaging. Um, so we're really excited about this. Some of the uh, early testing data and stuff is coming out phenomenal. So uh, you will start seeing that probably coming out, I would assume, uh, possibly end of this year, early next year. Uh, instead of AMSOIL, maybe a mixture of some of that new product we're working on. So it'll actually, we're partnering with Hotshot uh, and offering them uh, their new, brand new product line that they're releasing specifically uh, of assembly lube with us. That uh, I just thought of a question when you were talking about it. What is the purpose or what what does that assembly lube do? Is it to get an accurate torque reading? Is it is it holding ability? What what does it do during the install that's so important for people to use it? Yeah, it's uh, getting the accurate torque reading when you go down. Uh, that's the biggest thing we've noticed on installs, making sure you've got a proper torque reading. So whether making sure that torque wrench is in calibration, it's a quality torque wrench. I mean, uh, everybody knows the guy with the really cheap torque wrench that he bought at the, the cheap hardware store up the road. Make sure you're using a good quality torque wrench on head studs because um, you need that number to be accurate. Um, but that assembly lube is going to help just ensure because the old school methods, some people were using transmission fluid and all kinds of different fluids, and they're not applying the correct amount of uh, lubrication on that nut when it's tightening up on that stud. And using that assembly lube is just going to make sure the reading that you're getting is accurate and it's not caused by any additional friction of those threads. Uh, so you apply the proper amount of uh, pressure holding down the head. One of the things that's really refreshing, and this was from our first podcast when we talked about torquing the head studs down, is there's so many other industries or things I'll be doing where I have to search for a torque specification or I have to call. And I like how in diesel and automotive and what you guys do, like that's completely spelled out. I don't need to go search the internet for it. I don't need to call and tie up the phone lines trying to figure that out because it can be so frustrating when you're trying to do something. You're like, it's not in the manual or it's not in the instructions. Where do I find it? Yeah, it's uh, super important and it's such a vital part of that install is the proper torque. It's not just the, the final torque number, but the whole sequence and the way you clamp down that head because 
if you clamp it down in the wrong order, it's not going to apply forces properly, especially when you get into longer engines like your 5.9, 6.7 Cummins. That head is so long, and if you go in the wrong order, you're almost uh, in the slightest amount, but it'll almost kind of buckle that metal to where when you go to apply the torque in the wrong sequence, you're not going to get proper holding pressure down on that head gasket, and you're going to end up with issue after issue trying to get that thing to hold down so we make sure on those instructions it has uh, those torque specs and the sequence it's super easy to follow as much as we could we could make it for people this this next question we got i'm sure you get it all the time and it's it's something that um i think is probably really common out there as far as with brands and different types of parts not just head studs is there's you know one that's been around and then you know people always want to compare or right? compare brand a and brand b and and this uh this listener had said how do gator fasteners compare to arp and i wanted to ask you about that because i think it's a great question to be able to talk about the different series of different applications you'd mentioned you know like a high a high performance racing setup series that you guys got for those really high um, horsepower trucks. So I wanted to ask you, how would you how would you explain that to somebody who called in, or you know, if we were an inventor or something, and I said, hey, how does it compare to to this other brand? Yeah, we do get that question a lot, and I will say, I've got nothing bad to say about ARP as far as their product. They uh, they have been the industry standard for a long time. Uh, we came to the market. It's not necessarily to trying to take a piece of uh, like away from them. Uh, but what we did see is there was a need of not just supplying a good quality product, but being able to back up the consumers, the dealers, distributors all along the way. Um, so we looked for ways that we could kind of improve in other areas. Uh, one of the things is a, a map pricing policy, too. We didn't want the end consumer to feel like he needed to go shopping for days to find the best deal. We want the pricing consistent. So that way that uh, consumer can now go shopping for customer service. So whether he wants to buy it from his, a shop online or his local shop down the street that he's always dealt with, he's gonna get that same pricing. He's not gonna have to go out shopping to save like you can run into with some of the other brands out there. So it will be con very consistent. We've made sure that sure those dealers can all be able to make money with that pricing structure. As far as the product itself, um, I tell you, we're working with a uh, raw material that's going to be pretty much identical to the raw material you're seeing with the other brand you mentioned. Uh, now, we do use some proprietary uh, treatments and stuff to that material itself, but the tinsel strings are going to be neck and neck uh, with ARP. Uh, we are doing rolled threads. Uh, just like they're doing rolled threads. Um, so the product itself, I think we're going to hold up uh, completely with them. It doesn't matter if you're talking about our normal heavy-duty fasteners or even if you get into those competition series, those tinsel strings are going to be right there falling along with it. Uh, so product itself, you're going to be right directly with them. We have some new stuff that will hopefully be coming out uh, in the near future, and we may be able to uh, surpass them in a couple areas. We're excited uh, getting ready for that to happen. Um, product, like I said, you're right on par with it, and it's those other areas we've been able to work on pricing, uh, our packaging, and, and those instructions, and kind of filling in the gaps to make it easier for the installer and, and the end consumer as well. 
that supply part of it, I've heard it from a lot of guests, a lot of different companies that have been on the podcast, a major focus that they've had for a while is just um, trying to get their product you know, in stock, whether it's at distributors, at a diesel shop you might stop in at, or, you know, being able to call and order is that seems to be kind of the name of the game now is, you know, how quickly can I get the product? And it's, you, you know, you know, when a truck goes down and it's being used for work or somebody's on vacation, like they need to get it up and back home or back on the job as quickly as they can. So that's a, that's definitely a major point. I did want to ask you about tensile strength. I'm sure it's a very complex topic, but um, a lot of truck owners, when they're looking around for different, um, different head studs, they'll see numbers that are out there. What does that really mean? How, how can I, how can I relate to it or understand the strength of the, the head stud based on tensile strength? Uh, the tensile strength is just the, as far as the strength of the metal itself. And it's uh, interesting. Um, I was dealing and, and having some conversations with some of the engineers at, at Mali or Mala or however you want to pronounce it. They, everybody I talked to over there says it a little bit different. Um, and what's interesting when you talk about studs is everybody looks at just the tensile strength of it. Um, but head studs versus main studs are completely different. And one thing you also have to look at, too, is like a head stud when it's actually clamping down, there's a gasket in there. So there's gonna be some give because that gasket is going to have some give to it compared to a main stud. When you're tightening down a main stud or even a manifold bolt or a rocker arm stud, something like that, um, where there's no gasket, it's metal, metal. And so those numbers can actually play some different dynamics. So um, we're working on trying to come up with some different types of testing because tensile strength has been the only real standard used because there's been one company that's kind of placed a standard throughout the industry. So we want to come up with some different ways of doing testing of metal to actually show the difference um, so people can understand the product because there is some differences on the way a head stud force is applied versus a main stud, specifically because of that gasket and the way that it has to take its load versus a main stud. That makes sense. I think that'll really help people too, as far as just understanding what they're doing to their truck or comparisons, or as their build grows. A lot of trucks start out in that six, seven, 800 horsepower range where you need um, a set of head studs. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's going to be trailered and it's making, you know, 2,800 horsepower and it's going to, it's going to change. Well, about. and that's why I'm always big about studying early or anything for that internal foundation. Cause there's, when it comes to doing anything internal, if you build that foundation, now you can easily start swapping injectors and turbos and not worry about going back into that engine to do it later. I thought of a, a question right now. This was for myself. It, at one time I had a head gasket failure um, on my Cummins and I had head studs in it. And at that time I was really confused. Like, could I reuse them? Could, or, or did I need to get a new set? So when it comes to, you know, say I, went with a certain series, my truck was at 700, then I turned it into a 1500 horsepower truck and I had a head gasket failure. Um, maybe that's not a great example because I'd probably be stepping up to the competition series, but <laughs> can you reuse them? Or is that just like a one-time use um, you know, part where you should go in with a new set? Yeah, you can reuse them as long as they haven't stretched. So what we tell people is pull them all out, measure them and make sure that you don't have any stretch. And if you've got some stretch, it means that metal's been yielded because once it actually starts to stretch and it's holding that stretch because you pulled the stud out and it's still now longer, uh, that means that metal has been yielded and it's never gonna hold the proper amount of pressure back down. So that's important that if you had a failure, pull all the studs out and you get measurements on them 
see if they are still the proper length. And if not, I recommend replacing the entire set. Here's the thing, when you really look down at the cost of labor and the hours of going into it, the cost of the fasteners is not that much um, versus just not worrying about have to go back in there and do it again. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think saving saving some money on labor, not doing the same job twice if you don't have to, you can save that money for, for other parts. I think one of the things that I really love about doing a podcast is I can chat with guests who can give me different data points of different things. And with head studs, you guys are really, I'd say, at the forefront of what people are doing to their trucks um, because they're either coming to you because they have a maintenance need, um, a reliability need, or they're doing a performance build. And absolutely the most common question we get every day on social media or through email is, um, hey, what's a reliable setup for my truck? What should I do for this ultimate you know, daily driver towing setup? Um, you know, I've got a tune, I've got an intake, um, I've got an exhaust, maybe an upgraded lift pump, something like that. So what, I know it's going to vary by truck, but one of the common ones is with six liters and with customers who are coming to you guys or feedback you get from dealers, what are some really reliable setups that they're pairing with your guys's head studs, um, or using, you know, the head studs to be able to complete their build? Yeah, and a lot of it's going to be where the customer is going with that. We try to get a feel for them, like if they're using that truck for towing or daily driving or what it is and build it accordingly. Um, so the big thing that we look at, obviously, everybody should have fasteners. I mean, those are just guaranteed. We're going to say you need fasteners. Um, but on top of that, it'll be uh, air intake and exhaust because it's about getting the air in and out of the engine easier and more efficiently. And that's going to help the efficiency of the engine to not only allow you more power, but it's actually going to get you better fuel mileage and things like that. Even if we didn't do tuning, getting it to run more efficient is going to be beneficial for power and efficiency uh, of the fuel mileage and even actually bring emissions down by making it run more efficient. Um, then we look at getting into our tuning and usually kind of our like a stage one for a consumer is air intake, exhaust, tuning. And we may look at some sort of gauging or um, some sort of monitoring to device, depending on the level of tuning they're going with, to make sure they can keep an eye on exhaust gas temperatures, transmission, and those basic things. Um, once we get outside of that and they're looking kind of that stage one and a half, stage two customers, like, all right, that's the basics. I want a little bit more. Then we're going to start looking at bumping up the turbo and maybe in this injectors, definitely a fuel system. Um, to kind of make sure we're increasing, keeping up with that fuel pressure they need, uh, whether that be a fast air dog or some other system in there to help maintain fuel pressure uh, going to those injectors. Does it change a lot on the newer trucks? Which I know it's a huge year range from you know, 2007 yeah. and a half to 2022, 2023. Um, mm -hmm. but, but how does it compare between the two? I almost look at them as two different versions of diesel performance. Like you get the pre 07 stuff, and you have all the stuff that's current. Um, is it what type of trucks are you guys, you know, working on with with your customers or, or shops um, with those? Because I think people are really curious. They think, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this tune intake, um, maybe um, you know, like you mentioned, an upgraded lift pump or something like that. I don't need head studs. But I think that's, yeah. I think we're missing a part of it. And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, what, what are they missing in that equation? Yeah, as far as the newer trucks, we're seeing a lot more actually on the repair side 
Um, and obviously the older trucks, there's repairs because of the miles. But I, I feel that on the newer trucks, we're seeing a lot more repair and significant repairs for the number of miles versus what we've seen with those trucks 10 and 15 years ago. Yeah, especially on the fuel system side of things like that. So uh, we're doing like as far as uh, the contamination kits where they're looking at injectors and fuel rails and all this stuff, super expensive stuff. So now we've been pushing a lot of people into buying the uh, prevention kit so that if they have a basic failure of a CP4 pump or whatever, it doesn't wipe out the rest of their fuel system. Um, so we're seeing a lot more of that with the newer trucks because of the uh, emissions compliance that is required out of them. But they're pushing the limits of the injectors, the fuel pumps, and everything within that engine. Uh, temperatures are much higher. Everything's pushed to the match to the max. Uh, turbos are failing sooner just because we're asking so much more out of these engines than what they were asked for just 15 years ago. Um, so I and I think head studs uh, are important on both aspects on those older trucks because the miles and stuff that truck has already been used especially by the time it's getting to the second and third owner you don't know what the guy two owners ago how he treated that truck uh so making sure you can get that thing to hold together and to be reliable for another 100 200 000 miles because the older trucks could do it newer ones whether we're going to get that 400 500 mile motor i don't think we're going to see that as often as we used to uh, but I think the, the better you can hold that thing together, the, the better your chances are of getting to that level. When you look forward into the next couple of years in diesel performance or diesel upgrades, and mm -hmm. on these newer trucks, I'd mentioned a little bit before about these power packages and these injector companies that are getting um, their emissions testing, it seems like there's going to be an influx of a lot of a lot more power that these trucks can make, where we may not know how well they handle 600 horsepower, 650 or 700, or maybe even more. Um, so I think that's going to be something that's really cool to kind of follow. And you guys are going to be at the front lines again, because you know, the people are gonna be finding failures on these trucks, but what's your outlook um, or perception uh, with diesel upgrades on these newer trucks as we move forward, you know, through this year and the next year and beyond? Yeah, I think it's a, it's going to be difficult for a lot of uh, the manufacturing side because it's trying to make sure that we can meet some emission standards because whether people want it or not, they're going to have to make sure we're meeting a standard. Um, so being able to get to those power levels and still meeting the standards to make sure that truck's going to be legal in the street. But it's there. These guys are getting dialed in on the injectors and the turbos and the tuning and getting it to the point that these trucks not only are meeting the standard, but they're doing better than these trucks did off the factory floor. And they have a lot more power. I think what we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of over the next five to 10 years, you're going to see a lot more people that are going to be able to say their horsepower number, and there's going to be a comma in that number. Um, because that's at the point that we are, because the foundations of these engines are so cap are capable of such a higher horsepower very easily compared to the older engines. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And something you mentioned there, it relates back to something we were talking about earlier in the podcast, is you talked about a standard. And on the newer trucks or, or with the emissions testing that a lot of companies are doing, that standard had to be established, which I think it has been. Um, but there was one time there wasn't. People didn't, you know, if you wanted to design a part, you, didn't, that you necessarily didn't know where you needed to be. You just kind of had to submit it for testing and see where it landed. But with what you guys are doing with that standard for how do we measure or judge head studs, is that 
how encompassing is that project? It seems like it would be kind of daunting to come up with something that would set an industry standard for testing, but and, and everyone's going to benefit from it. Um, but I'm curious how that how that works on your end, kind of breaking that ground and you know, blazing a torch for it. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of dynamics to trying to determine, like, there's obviously going to be the clamp for, so the clamp load the fastener is capable of, but kind of back into that head stud not only needs to have the clamp force, but there has to be some sort of, uh, of stretch to it so that as that head gasket over time is going to break down under pressure because it is the material, whether it's a, a, a metal layered gasket or whatever that head gasket is over time, it is going to shrink with that pressure against it. So a head stud needs to have some stretch to it versus the main stud. You're not going to need to stretch because its load should stay constant for a half million or a million miles because it's always going to have the same clamp load on it. I think that I think that standard's going to be really important so that when a, a truck owner's looking to upgrade their vehicle or do that preventative maintenance that we talked about, it's more common knowledge. I should look for these things. Like we do it with other things. We do it with transmissions. We do it with turbos. We do it with tuning. We do it with injectors and the flow rates and the different things that they have. And I think that's going to be huge for this particular part because it's not, I think we talked about this on the last podcast is enthusiasts or you go to a truck event or something, usually the hoods pop. We're looking at the turbos. They're shiny. We're looking at the piping. There's a few things people don't really kind of hone in on and talk about like we don't really get under the truck and look at the transmission and what color it's painted and we don't really look at like the head stud and you know it, it, it's this focal point of the conversation but it is so integral to keeping everything together and really the the expense of having to redo it is it's not fun to pay if you're not planning for it so i think that's going to be a, a major thing moving forward yeah definitely and by design too even if if you use the exact same material as a factory head bolt, which our material is much better than what they're using, but even if you use the same material as a head bolt and just use a stud with a nut on it, they would be stronger. Uh, so 90% of the listeners out there would be perfectly fine with a factory material for a head bolt as a stud would hold everything they need to. Just because by the way that a stud applies force, because that when that nut tightens up on the thread, it's applying that force kind of throughout the stud versus when you tighten a bolt and you're actually turning the head of that bolt, it applies all, all that force at the base of the head and where it's applying that force and where you're seeing that stretch and it actually began to yield. Um, so even like I said, if the metal was one for one, just by changing to a stud versus a bolt, they would gain so much more reliability um so i think it'll be i i'm really excited to see what we're able to to start bringing some different numbers besides just tensile strength uh, and actually see if we can kind of come up with some different dynamics to kind of create a new standard when people are comparing brand uh, a to b to c and truly seeing the difference of them i think we'll we'll definitely all benefit from that what are some some new things that you guys are working on i think when we chatted last you had some some testing and some things you guys were doing that was a few months back and i'm sure you guys have been busy and working on a lot of stuff so what should we keep our eye out for this year yeah i think the big things will be uh the new assembly loop coming out with the hotshot secret that's going to be a big thing they've been doing a ton of testing those guys are big into making sure things 
are not 100%, but maybe 200% before they bring it to market. Uh, so we are really close. I'm excited to see that come out. Uh, and then also uh, we have some cool things coming out with a competition series. So uh, that's been a, a hard one just because that metal is so expensive to, to get in uh, and the testing we have to do to make sure it's 100% stuff as well. Uh, but we're looking at some new materials. Um, if that comes out, it might not be this year. It may be first quarter of next year or so because uh, we want to make sure that we're 100% behind the new material. Uh, but we're excited because I think if that if we're able to bring in that product that we're currently working on and the numbers we're seeing, it's going to be better than what's currently offered to the market. Where's the best place for us to be able to see updates like on on um, social media? Like, how do we find you guys? Um, I'm sure there's going to be questions as well, because we've talked about this before is every build so unique or every um, you know future plan is going to be unique to the truck and, and the owner. Um, what's the best way to ask you guys questions? you know, see updates, be able to find instruction manuals in case we lost one, like I always do in the garage when I'm doing stuff. Yep. Yeah, so obviously uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and those, we have a Gator Fasteners page, but our website, GatorFasteners.com, uh, we'll typically have the instructions loaded on the website as well, so the readers can, or the listeners can actually go pull the instructions themselves. So if it is 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm not going to answer the phone, they can go in there and download those instructions right off the website or reach out to us uh, and we can get them taken care of. They can email sales at gatorfasteners.com uh, or marketing at gatorfasteners.com and we can get that for them, uh, especially even for dealers and stuff. We have a dealer locator on there. So if they're looking for a shop that may have them in stock uh, or somebody that's familiar with the product, ready to install gator fasteners in their truck, get that taken care of so that they can find out uh, go in there and look for names they recognize if they're not sure where they want to buy them from and find somebody that, like I said, it's more about we wanted to bring a product to the market uh, that can be backed up with customer service, not only from the manufacturer, but they can buy from whoever they want and they don't have to go out there price shopping for it. Yeah, that's a big thing. I, I imagine it's probably really huge with diesel shop owners out there because they're seeing 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 trucks a week or however many, you know, how much more vo the volume is than one individual truck owner. So then being able to access not just the product, but then also the service and the support network is probably massive to just their operations and their day-to-day -day getting trucks in and out. Yeah, and we've got stocking uh, dealers and distributors throughout the U.S. and even up into Canada, we've got, uh, got it stocked at a handful of locations up there even. So that way, like you said, the guy that needs to get these uh, these fasteners tomorrow, uh, we should be able to get him connected with somebody that's got them close enough to him where it doesn't have to be expedited. They can either he can go pick it up today or get them shipped to him and have them there the next day. Awesome. Well, it was great to chat with you, Kenny. I appreciate you explaining and while well, answering the questions our listeners had and then some of mine as well, uh, things like tensile strength and comparisons and um, lube and just different things that, that would apply towards, uh, towards head studs. So it was a great conversation. I look forward to seeing what you guys come out with and the, the testing and, and the cool stuff that uh, is going to be out there for us to upgrade our trucks with. Awesome. Well, we're excited. We're, uh, it, it's an exciting thing to be in the market. I can tell you whether it's shops or uh, consumers, things like that, they've been really excited about the brand and the feedback's been awesome. And uh, we're glad to be what we're doing what we're doing. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. If you're in the market for a knife, they've got a 20% off-site wide code for you. Just go to uh, their their page. You can search by different types of opening mechanisms, um, 
blade steels, opening um, or handle materials, ton of different choices for you guys, really regardless of any budget that you got. Um, they have a bunch of new releases this year. We did a podcast with them a few months back and uh, they've got a bunch of really cool stuff. So definitely take advantage of it if you're in the market. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, John, all of you who subscribe to Patreon, Discord, are on our Facebook, Instagram, um, podcast apps, YouTubes. We appreciate all the support you guys have given us for year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you guys more in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.